previously on Growing Up Gilmore. What do you think Christopher's true intentions are? Uh, to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm giving up my motorcycle for a responsible car. Doesn't and... have a passenger airbag though because he had to have that super big sound system added. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, responsible for himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good if I crash yeah. this car. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amy. And this is Elise with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying new things yeah. this time. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> we are growing up Gilmore, and this week we are back with season two, episode seven, Like Mother, Like Daughter. This is one of my favorite episodes of this season. It's so good. It's cute. And... I watched it with my mom last weekend because we took a weekend off of recording and I spent some time with my mom and we watched quite a few episodes. So it was kind of fun to re-watch those with the original person I watched them with all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but Elise, who do we have for our writer and director? So our writer is Joanne Wenderbice. We've had her before. This is actually her last um, episode she'll write for. But the other episodes she wrote were was, and season one, Love and War and Snow, Paris is Burning, Star-Crossed Lovers and Other Strangers, PSI Low, Love Whatever. And this will be the last one, like I said before. Our director is Dennis Erdman. This is his only episode that he is going to direct. Okay. Um, he has direct... He, I didn't notice a lot of... His other things that he's directed for, I didn't really know them that well. But I jotted down that he did write an, um, I'm sorry, direct, he did direct an episode of Say by the Bell. Okay. I personally love Say by the Bell. I've never seen it. I'm so sorry. I'm, it, <laughs> this was like my childhood. Um, but for my Say by the Bell people out there, the episode that he directed is in the first season, third episode. It's called The Gift. It's when Screech gets hit by lightning and is able to predict the future. So awesome. That sounds like horrible television. (laughs) (laughs) Say by the Bell was truly unhinged. Okay. 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 He also directed an episode of Mad About You, The Larry Sanders Show, The Drew Carey Show, and then one episode of Sex and the City. Okay. And I will do a recap of what that episode was. It was Running with Scissors. It's when Carrie's cheating on Aiden with Big, and, like, she's trying to keep it from Aiden, but it's starting to, like, seep into their relationship Mm -hmm. problems. Um, And it's also the episode where Miranda finds herself attracted to the guy who is dressed up in the sandwich outfit on the street. (laughs) Okay. So... All right. Yeah, that's that's who we have. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I yeah. I find it funny that we have episodes that only the director only does one episode. Mm-hmm. And it's like did they not do more because they didn't like how it ended or did they just have time for one 
Or, you know, what is their relationship to Amy and Dan? Or, you know, I had just, that makes me think. Because then you have people <clears throat> like Michael Cattleman who do, you know, yeah. 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I did, I, um, I wish I would have this, I wish I had this pulled up, but a couple weeks ago I read something where Amy was say, talking about, well, this was in regards of writing, but I would think that this would be similar to directing too. Um, basically saying with uh, Gilmore Girls, it it's like there's too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and it becomes hard to tell that story. And, yeah. and I'm not saying this as eloquently as Amy Sherman Palladino, but basically, yeah, you could kind of wonder. Yeah, yeah, it's curious. And um, I... I guess that's something I'm going to have to look into because I'm, you know, why is somebody just coming for one episode and then that's it? Or is it just... We need a director. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how that works. Yeah. But... Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, we are going to get started. This episode is really fun because we get Emily and Lorelai. We get to see Lorelai feeling a little jealous thank god about luke because she should mm-hmm. and it's just like a good balance of like our adult characters kind of going through it so yeah and there's some funny rory stuff too oh yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely i'm very excited mm-hmm. our episode opens up with the girls at Luke Steiner. They're coming in. They find a table. It's pretty hopping. And Lorelai makes a comment that they need to start spreading bad word of mouth so they can ensure that they always get a table. They sit down. Lorelai all of a sudden like looks over at Luke and he's being like friendly and smiling with this older, much older woman. And she's like, oh, I've never seen him like that before. And Lori's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, you know, I I just don't see him flirt with anybody. And Rory's like, he has flirted with you hundreds of times. (laughs) And Lorelai's like, don't get started. And it's like, are you feeling bad about yourself because of Christopher? So you have to bring up, you want to like turn the conversation towards like somebody is still interested in you. Yeah. Or she didn't get any <laughs> the last episode, so no. Yeah. She's feeling a little sad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause uh Rory says, All right, well flirt with him now so we can get something to drink. And so she waves her napkin and she's like, Oh Luke, Luke And he basically yells at her to keep her pants on. She's like, oh, okay. But that's him flirting with her. Mm -hmm. He would not say that to anybody else. Yeah. So, whatever. And Lorelai knows that he flirts with her. There's no way that she doesn't. Of course. So why, why do you need this reassurance that... He's not flirting with other women. He only flirts with you. She, 
I don't know. I think she wants to hear that, like, mm-hmm. just hear that he wants her. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. And people like that really annoy me. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> My God. And... He comes over, pours coffee, and I have to make this note. When I watched this with my mom, she was so disturbed that they sit down and there's already two coffee cups, and Luke just pours their coffee in those. Like, <laughs> she's like, those could have been somebody else's cups. That's disgusting. <laughs> like, I didn't even notice, but whatever. Um, and it's like he, maybe he already already had those out for them. Yeah. Like he knew they were going to come or something. Could be. They're discussing, Rory and Lorelai are discussing the Barry Manilow CD that Lorelai had under the seat in the car. And they ask Luke if he has any guilty pleasures. And he says, no. I said, oh, well, do you like music? And he goes, yeah. That's exactly how I like my man. And that's it. <laughs> Don't get into your music days, please. Nope. And keeps it pretty simple. And she's like, okay. <laughs> He walks away, and she then immediately goes into, do you think he's dated anybody since Rachel? And Rory's like, I don't know how he could, because he's either here at the diner or sleeping. And she's like, what if he's just destined to be a lonely bachelor forever? Yeah, well, she says, I say he stays a bachelor forever. And Rory's like, I believe that there's someone out there for everyone. And it's like, you do not believe that, Lorelai. Yeah. You just want to make sure that he is always on a leash so you can pull him in when things don't work out with other people. Mm-hmm. And that is very unfair. Uh, yeah, I mean, no. I'm, it's just so dumb. Look at Luke. Look at him. <laughs> Look. Like, that that type of man isn't just like, oh, I'm a... Well, maybe, he, you know, maybe he is a bachelor in the sense of, like, there are men like that who are just really good looking and they don't want to settle down because they just want to, you know, do the carousel thing for the mm-hmm. rest of their life. Sure. That's not type, That's not who Luke is. No. Um, he's not going to be single forever, Lorelai. And no. You know that. Yeah, exactly. I think she's just making an excuse because... She's not ready to take that step with him yet, and so she would just rather be reassured that he's still pining after her Mm -hmm. so she can do what she wants, and then when she's finally ready to take that step, there he is, ready and willing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really gross. (laughs) (laughs) Not, like, yucky, but just, like... It's annoying. Yeah, it's frustrating. I think that's very unfair to do to people, And, I mean, I've seen people do that in real life, too. Oh, yeah. And it's gross. And Although I've seen people do this in real life. And, but they're doing it, like, with multiple people. And they put on a show for one of the, you know, all their different people. Mm -hmm. And they make each and every single one of those people feel like that's their Luke Dames. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like a TV show mm-hmm. or a movie. Mm-hmm. That's unfair. I don't think that Lorelai is actively doing this to multiple men. No, 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 no. I so don't think less, so either. It's less icky. Yeah. It's, it's But it's still It's unfair to Luke to play games with him like that. Yeah. That's what's yucky to me. I think 
it's not like she has like a list of suitors and she's just waiting for him to step up or, you know, for the rest of the line to go away before she can pick him. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 it is almost like he is just on the back burner. He's my backup plan. Like if in 20 years, neither of us are married, we are just going to marry each other. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that. That's yeah. so creepy to me. Um, I don't, I don't get it. Like I always say, the only thing that I can say that gets me through this narrative between Luke and Lorelai is that it's because they're friends. Mm -hmm. And it is a weird situation because it gets a lot different if you start dating your friend because then it's like, well, are we going to be friends after? Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. Are we going to be friends after? Yeah. I don't know. So, I guess we shall see. Mm-hmm. Our next scene is pretty short. It's just like a back and forth with the girls. Lorelai says she can't get the Jeep to start. And Rory tells her the battery is probably dead and lists all the reasons why the battery could be dead. And the thought of somebody keeping their keys in their car to keep the radio on or the lights on is really strange to us in the cities because we do not leave our vehicles running at all. I mean, I don't think in any city do you just like get out of your car and let your car run while you go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, that too. But part of me is like, well, she is a little bit ADHD. So I'm wondering if she just Forgot to shut off her car. Mm-hmm. I have done that before. Oh. Yeah. But you have like a keyless car. Is that more? Yeah. So I think that's why I'll like forget to push the off button. Yeah. And be like, oh, yeah, my car is still running as I'm walking away. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, but Rory is trying to put things in her backpack And they're discussing why she needs all of these books. And Rory's explaining they're all different genres, so she needs them. While she's doing that, Lorelai is on the phone with Michelle. And he is sitting there waiting to hear what Lorelai needs. But Rory and her are having this conversation. And Michelle is just sitting there listening to all of it back and forth. And finally, he says, I am growing old. What do you need? And she says, come pick me up. He's arguing with someone because they ate his cheese. And so she assures him that she will get cheese for him and a meringue cookie. And he will pick her up. At that point, Rory's backpack is packed. She is ready to go. Um... I love that she has different books for different things. That is how I pack for vacation. (laughs) I'll bring, like, a book for the airplane, a book for the hotel or whatever. Um, Do I ever get to read them? (laughs) I was just going to ask. No, I don't. I know. I brought a book for when we went um, to your mom's cabin last summer, and I think I read a page. Yeah. I just... It was fried green tomatoes. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I remember that. I think I brought a book, too, but I can't remember what book it was. But I... Yeah. I I wish. I wish. But I get too distracted. It's going to happen this summer. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it for this scene. Pretty short and sweet. 
Um, but now we know that Lorelai's having car trouble and Rory is off to school with a backpack full of books. She's so meant for Jess. <laughs> Our next scene has Rory coming into the lunchroom to sit down and eat her lunch. She's got her book. She's got her Walkman. Is that what you called those? Mm-hmm. A Walkman? Mm-hmm. Um, did you bring a CD player with you to school? Uh, pretty sure. Yeah. That's like how I started high school. And mm-hmm. then halfway through, we transitioned into the iPod okay. era. Of, yeah, that was, bef- that was before. Yeah. But me. nothing will beat the experience of listening to a Walkman and going over a bump and it ha- <laughs> skipping as you're trying to listen to it or like... Ugh. Or having to carry all of the CDs with you. Yeah. I'm that was a rough a time. Of, we went to, we drove to California, from Minnesota to California, and I had a Walkman, and I think I had like five CDs, maybe. That is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I wore out yeah. Ryan Adams, not Brian oh, Adams. Ryan Adams. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I When I got an iPod, man... That really um, kicked my ADHD in big mm-hmm. time because I, then I could never decide what I wanted to listen to. Yeah. But when you pack a CD. iPods were so cool back then. You know oh, what I mean? I know. I know. I saved for like five months to get my yeah. iPod. My iPod was the size of a brick. <laughs> it was massive. and no, I, think I, it, I never had a big one. I only had like the Nanos. Oh, I saved for, like, the first color screen, whatever, like, all of my babysitting money. And that thing was huge. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure I still have it because I was like, I saved all my money for this. I'm never throwing it away. I don't even think it has, like, half the storage my phone has. Oh, my gosh. You should, like, try to use it again, though. I'd have to find a charger because those have different chargers now. eBay. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Let's figure it out. Let's see what's on there. That might be really embarrassing, though, so maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so she's listening to The Shins, mm-hmm. which this song Pretty is cool. one that I had on my iPod mm-hmm. that I love. That whole album is great. And Rory's such a Shins girl. Oh, completely. Like, she just gives off, like, this... The Smiths. And- the Smiths, The Shins... Like, bright eyes, um, you know, just, like, things that are not technically mainstream, but are more popular indie um, groups. Indie, hipster, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, genre. Yeah. So, while she is... like it, too. And they actually play the song, which is something they don't often do. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was kind of a nice touch that we were, like... You can hear it coming out of here, headphones. Yeah, yep. And she gets approached by this woman who taps her on the shoulder and it startles Rory and she introduces herself as the guidance counselor and she says she would like to meet with Rory when Rory has a moment and Rory's like, yeah, sure, we can meet whenever you'd like. And she's like, okay, well, after lunch, come to my office. And Rory's like, oh, that's soon. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have seen, we've seen this episode, you know, a number of times, But upon first glance, you're like, why would Rory need to go to the guidance counselor? Mm -hmm. Like, 
what could she possibly be doing wrong? And I think it's it's kind of weird because in this episode, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'll wait. Can I say something real quick? Yes, That's please. not about that. It's just a random thing that I saw, and I wanted to see if you noticed it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's technically what I'm seeing or not. Um, when she sits down, when Maury sits down to have her lunch, put, she puts her headphones on, she opens her book, she takes her bookmark out. I'm pretty sure that bookmark is um, the photos of Christopher yeah. and, and, and yep. Lorelai. Um, she started using that as a bookmark. Okay. Yeah. And that, I think it was in that episode that she started using it, okay. too. Yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's their little photos. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she decides, all right, I'll go to the guidance counselor. So she goes to the guidance counselor once she is finished with her lunch. And the guidance counselor says that um, Headmaster Charleston brought Rory to the guidance counselor's attention because he is worried about her socialization at school. And the guidance counselor says reading a book, you know, is doesn't help you socialize. And also having headphones on makes you very unapproachable. And Rory's like, well, you approached me. And she's like, well, I startled you. And then she goes into this whole thing about how on the 4th of July, she's an absolute wreck. And she's startled by things all the time and whatever. And she says, I get good grades. Isn't that enough? And she already knows that's not enough because Mm -hmm. we already went through Hammers and Veils where she finds out she needs all of these extracurricular activities and she doesn't, she, she knows that she needs more in order to stand out. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of just going off of that. But I, I guess I'm confused where this... Like, her uncertainty of needing to do more is coming from because she knows that she has to do more to set herself apart. Mm-hmm. I guess she didn't even think that it had anything to do with having to socialize with... Classmates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or belonging to, like, an academic club or mm-hmm. whatever. And she does do the paper, so that's one thing. But also, like, writing an article for the paper... You do independently for the most part. So you're not really socializing much for that actual activity. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. This is really difficult for me to watch because I relate to this so much. Oh, me too. Um, Spending lunches alone. I still spend my lunches alone and I love it. Me too. Um, And she's coming. And as somebody who I know personally what it's like to have been in a school from you know, the first grade into, you know, fifth grade and you have to go to a new school. Mm -hmm. Even then I was pretty young. That was a really hard transition where people already have their friend groups. Right. So it's weird to me that it's falling on Rory to be the one to be like, well, you're supposed to have all these friends now. Yeah. I don't know. I think (laughs) it's strange too. And they kind of look at her as like this, outsider and how do you expect her to put herself into these friend groups that have already been established for years Mm -hmm. and 
they already think she's strange because she comes from a small town. She doesn't live there. And I think... And she's not into the typical teenage no, stuff No, right, all. exactly, she's exactly. She's almost like Paris. Yeah. In ways. And I think for them to accuse her of being a loner is extreme. Yeah. Because I, she doesn't walk in the hallways with her headphones in. She doesn't, you know, it's like she socializes when she needs to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it rubs me the wrong way because I don't think that there's anything wrong with being a loner. No. I think that um, you naturally find the people who you're going to gravitate towards. Yes. Anyways, uh, she doesn't look like she's a troublemaker or anything or no. that she's depressed by not having friends. She seems very happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Putting her Walkman on. I get it. You're supposed to, like, school is about socialization, you yeah. know? Yeah. It really is. that You're supposed to learn how to socialize in the world through school as well. Mm-hmm. That's also a teaching method there. Yeah. No, I mean, I, as someone who teaches children, yeah. like, the social-emotional side of it is one of the hardest things to teach, And you, like, setting up that structure to create relationships and to grow from them is very challenging, especially when you have, like, a new student come into the class and everyone's just like, oh, the new kid. Mm -hmm. And she is the new kid. So they're going to be apprehensive to, you know. And Rory's not the type of person who is center of attention. She's not, like... You know what I mean? Yeah. She's more of a... A wallflower. A wallflower. You know, she blends in. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to make a show for everyone and be Mrs. Popularity. It's right. just not her. No. And that's okay. It lady. is a thousand percent okay. I just... I'm not crazy about how the counselor approached it. That's personally not how I would approach it. No. With her. I'd be like, you know, just I noticed that... You're not in any clubs. I don't see you socializing a lot, and I'm wondering how you and I could maybe get you on that path because I do think that's important for you to learn skill set, especially if you want to go on to, you know, Mm -hmm. Yale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I wasn't crazy about how this counselor approached it. No. I think the whole, like, labeling her as a loner is very destructive. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's like, no, I'm not a loner. That's people who wear trench coats and carry a... You know, and make that is bag. that is a Columbine reference, yeah, and that is super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that is not the way you handle that situation at all, and because you're putting a negative term on it, right? And I don't even think loners are that. I kind of like loners, but well, I'm a yeah, partial to them. I don't. I think there's a difference between being a loner and being an introvert. Yeah, and she is very introverted, and there is nothing wrong with that. No, and that's something we can't that, have all extroverts. It would be a nightmare. Everyone, a oh, nightmare. It would. Yeah, you're talking to two introverts <laughs> that I like consider myself. An introverted extrovert. Yeah, me too. But I can do it. Usually I read the room. Yeah. Um, if I find somebody very big, I will naturally, I'll start to close down. Yeah. And I'll let them do yeah. it. Yeah. And if I'm around somebody who's very quiet, 
I will start to be like the extrovert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I don't know. So I, I feel for Rory. I think the situation is gross. Yeah. And the fact that she says she's been observing her is gross. And Please Rory's do not observe like, me. Yeah, it's like what you don't have worse issues to figure out. Like there aren't other kids that are like needing your services more. Yeah. Like I just I don't know. It's it, weird. It is weird. Mm, I get why she's talking to her about it. How she approached it is not great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We are back with the Gilmore Girls. They're sitting out on the porch and they're discussing Rory's conference with the guidance counselor. And Lorelai is very upset. Mm -hmm. And as they are talking, we discover that she is having Kirk fix her car. And I'm just curious... On what planet <laughs> Lorelai thinks that Kirk is capable of doing that? I would have called Luke. I would have mm. called Gypsy. Oh, yeah. Like, I she's a mechanic. Luke. Well, yeah, sure. That's fair. <laughs> um, but it's like, he's like, do you know what this is? And she's like, no. He's like, dang it. And then gets back to work. And she's like, talking to Rory about, I'm going to go in there and talk to them because this is ridiculous. And... Rory's like, they called me a loner and that insinuated that I'm carrying a duffel bag and wearing a trench coat and all this stuff. And then Kirk approaches them and he's like, you know, I was listening to your conversation and I carried a duffel bag and I ate lunch alone and I turned out perfectly fine. And Rory has this look on her face of like, Mom, help me. <laughs> And Lorelai assures her that she will go in and talk to Headmaster. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like a fun little cutaway moment. And, you know. I love that Lorelai calls Chilton a a cult. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Completely. And you know what? Like, I went to a private school and there are parts of it that do feel very cultish. Mm And it's something that I would not do to my own children. Mm. And I think while they are doing this to help Rory get into Harvard, um, I don't think this is something Lorelai would choose for Rory had she not been interested in an Ivy League school. Mm. Because it is suffocating when you have to be a part of everything all the time. Well, yeah. And, yeah, it is very cult-like where it... Yeah, yeah you know. have to fit, like, a certain mold in order to succeed there. And to be considered worthwhile or... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Rory was succeeding at her regular high school. Right. Where she was kind of like the, the you know, the top dog. Right. She was considered, the, you know, the good one. And this kind of goes back to that whole, she's a small fish in a big pond now. Oh, yeah. Where nothing is enough, and they have to figure that out. So, yeah. yeah. We are with Lorelai entering Headmaster Charleston's office, and he says, oh, when I saw you, I couldn't 
figure out why I had called this meeting. And then I realized it was you that called the meeting. And she's like, yes, I want to talk to you about this horrible accusation that Rory is a loner. And he said, you know, when I saw that you called the meeting, I decided to pull the file. And she's like, oh, yeah, I bet you've been looking at her file a lot. And he goes, no, I'm pulling your file. And she says, well, at least it's small. That means I haven't gotten into any trouble, right? And he's like, a small file is not a good thing. It shows that you're not involved enough here at Chilton. And he kind of goes in on her also being a loner and not socializing. And it this whole meeting really backfired on Lorelai. Mm-hmm. She became like the student. Yep. And I do remember like my mom having to fulfill like volunteer hours at my Ugh. school And, like, it's one thing if you, like, come, like, I have parents come and be, like, volunteer readers. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing. But to ask a parent to dedicate their time to planning events and doing things like that, that's asking a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And she's a single mom. Yeah. Like, what what do you want her to do? You're getting $40,000 a year. Yeah. Do you really need to need me to like also do your work that you should be doing that's on your why own. this whole thing does feel like, like a cult, cult. <laughs> this is very like jehovah's witnesses yeah it's like whatever you give is never going to be enough Mm-mm. and if you want your kid to go somewhere worthwhile then you need to give us everything mm-hmm. and that is ridiculous so That's where that ends. Now she needs to find an activity to do so she can be more involved. And she's going to have to tell Rory that they both need to just bite their tongues and deal with it. (laughs) And I would be so mad. I know. I don't know. I would not thrive. I couldn't do it. I think that's something that Bryn and I go back and forth on because... Like, I am a teacher, and I want to be involved in my kids' school and stuff and, like, volunteer, but I won't be able to Mm -hmm. because I'll be teaching. Yeah. And he's, like, I, he's worried that I'm going to be one of those, like, educator helicopter parents that's, like, well, how are they performing? How are they doing this? And, Mm -hmm. um... I think that's probably not far off, but I also don't want to be the parent that's like, oh, you got a B. How come you couldn't get an A? Yeah. Then you start to question, well, why didn't I get an A? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I like it in the sense that I think volunteer work is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it's just for children. <laughs> it's right. not like. You know, volunteering more for the community. I mean, right. Rory was doing that, helping building the houses and stuff like that. But that was for the extra. I, I'm just like, how do you expect these kids to have time to do all of that homework, volunteer, and be involved in school activities? And and ha- and be socializing and having fun, too. Right. Because that's now expected as well. Right. I just, I don't know how one person, I can barely balance 
a job and a social life. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they expect children to be able to balance that. It's not healthy. No, but nothing about Chilton is healthy. Mm -mm. We are back with Lorelai, and she's going through all of these papers and pamphlets and Rory comes in and she's like where were you you were supposed to meet me after my class after your meeting with Mr. Charleston or Headmaster Charleston and Lorelai says oh my gosh you're right I totally forgot I'm so sorry and Rory says well how did it go and Lorelai's like I went in there and I told him that you're not a loner and you don't wear a matrix code and this school is ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. And Rory's like, okay, and then what? And then she's like, and then he yelled at me. (laughs) And he told me that I need to be more involved. And I think this is something we just have to put up with because we want you to get into Harvard. And I think that's a good choice on Lorelai's part. Yeah. I know she doesn't want to do that, Mm -hmm. but... It's, you're not going to change the rules to this game, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's like if we're, you know, going through the notions of having a Friday night dinner so your grandparents can pay for you to go to Chilton, we need to, you know, address this on all fronts. And what else can we do to make it worth our time and effort? Mm -hmm. And this is something we are just going to have to do. Yep. Yeah. So good on Lorelai for recognizing defeat mm-hmm. and just accepting it and moving on. And uh, good luck to her. Rory is entering the lunchroom yet again and goes to sit down at a table and then looks behind her and sees a table full of girls and decides this is my moment to take my shot And she approaches the table, talks about how there's a draft at her table, and asks if she can sit down. And the girls all look at each other, and they're like, yeah, sure. And she's talking to these girls, and they're asking her about homecoming and, you know, the color scheme and what do they think about it. And Rory kind of gives her, you know, nonchalant responses. Like, she doesn't care mm-hmm. she's like first of all references the homecoming movie or coming home and um the girls are like oh okay like i think they're fascinated by her in a weird way mm-hmm. like i think that they're how do i explain this you know anthropology yeah. The store. Yeah. I went to an interview there once, and it was a group interview. Oh, my God. With, like, multiple, like, women who worked at anthropology. Ew. It was the most terrifying. Oh, my God. It's like they judge you. And I feel like that that's what I was getting in this moment. They were like, she fits the bill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She looks like she could be one of us. Mm-hmm. That's what I got from them sure that all of my teaching interviews have been with like five or six people really Mm -hmm. and you sit on the opposite side of the room were with other applicants no okay because that was anthropology oh you had other applicants in with you at least 15 (gasps) what do you think they called me back 
Do you? Tell me. Answer. Do you think that they called me back for a second interview? No. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really want to be called back? I did it. I that was but my early twenties. Oh, okay. That was that was my anthropology days. Mm-hmm. I've aesthetic. never shopped at anthropology. I did, but it was like discount. Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> I um, never had the money to, but yeah, no. But you yeah, were like, oh, if I got the, a job there. Yeah, and I thought it. You know, I was still living at home. I was like nineteen, twenty. I mean. Yeah. I wasn't thinking practically at all. I wasn't going to Harvard. No. You're but like, <laughs> I just want to work at anthropology. I was like, that's a, a big time job. Yeah, hmm. no, that there was at least like fifteen people there. Or like ten, ten, twelve, thirteen. Interesting. Really weird. That is weird. It does feel like that. Like it's a group interview that mm-hmm. she's like sitting in on right now. And it's very clear that the redhead um, why can I not think of her name? It's Francie. Francie is the ringleader mm-hmm. because other people are speaking for her. And they seem very intrigued by Rory in the sense that, oh, this is someone new that we don't know, that doesn't know us, whatever. After lunch, Rory goes into the hallway And Paris pops up, and this is one of my favorite lines in the entire episode, (laughs) when Rory's like, you're like the pop-up book from hell. (laughs) (laughs) And Paris just starts grilling her about, is it grilling or drilling? Grilling. Grilling. Why are you in my grill? Okay. Why are you in my drill? Think about it. Grilling her. <laughs> Thank you for that mini English well, lesson. Well, maybe not, because it, it does make sense to drill something. Anyway. She begins asking her a lot of questions <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, why were you sitting there? Were you asked to sit there? Um, do you know who those people are? And she's, like, explaining that it's this secret society called the Puffs. And Rory is totally shocked that Chilton would have, like, a secret society of women. And she's like, I thought that was only in colleges. And then Paris, like, goes into the history of the Puffs and that Sandra Day O'Connor was a Puff and all of these things. And It's a connections for life. Yeah. And... Rory's like, oh, no, Francie didn't say anything about that. And Paris goes, you... You You call her Francie. You called her Francie? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I've gotten her the best parking spot, and I've done everything short of giving her a manicure. And Paris is... Or, excuse me, Rory's like, Paris, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. This is stupid. Poor Paris. Paris is like, just don't say anything bad about me. Yeah, she's so... You're in. You're in. Just... I know we don't get along. Don't sabotage me. It is so sad to see Paris this insecure. Mm -hmm. But wow, is this an accurate portrayal of a high school girl. Mm -hmm. Just to automatically assume that bad things were said about you. Because she does say, what did you tell them about me? Yeah. 
And Rory's like, we didn't even talk about you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think because Paris plays that game where she talks poorly about people yeah. or she sabotages people, she assumes that people are going to do that in return. And that's not necessarily who Rory is. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. And no matter how many times Rory has to remind her of that, she still doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So that whole conversation wraps up with, you know, we are not meant to be friends. And I didn't say anything bad about you, so don't worry about it. And that's that. And I think for Rory, she's like, I. this is just like on Mean Girls. Like, she just sits down at the table. Yeah. And it just so happens to be a table of very popular girls. Mm-hmm. It's luck of the draw. And they like how Rory presents on paper, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't work out as we were going to see. Yeah. Rory's not going to, she's not going to play. She's not a follower. She's not a, I wouldn't describe Rory as alpha, but I would not also describe her as beta. Right. Um, Sigma? Is it Sigma? I have no idea. That's one that's in between. Oh. Because um, I, that's the one I've read. I'm like, oh, because I'm not an alpha and I'm not a beta. I think it's Sigma. It's like one that's in the middle. It's kind of like an alpha, but it's not. <laughs> it's not exactly Omega, alpha. I think. Mm. Alpha versus beta versus omega. Well, actually, it's alphas, then betas, then omegas. Wait, say it again. It's okay. So it's alpha. Here's the order: alpha, beta, gamma, omega, delta, sigma. Yeah. A sigma is okay. super smart and extremely attractive. The manipulative mastermind. For a sigma. That's what this says. I got intimidating, loyal, emotional, utterly elusive. Hmm. I would think Rory is more of a delta, modest and hardworking. Mm-hmm. But this says that they want attention. I don't know if she necessarily wants attention. You know? Segments are intriguing, powerful, easily commanding attention, but also happy to step back when the need suits them. Interesting. This also says that Omegas are skillful and straightforward. They are categorized as the nerd. They are intelligent, childish, and messy. Mm. That's like Lorelai. Yes, totally. Which one is that again? That's Omega. Gamma is goal-oriented and intelligent, tactful, informative, and clever. So that seems more Rory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, so, uh, which one is that? Gamma. Gamma. And Lorelai would be the Omega. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe this is something we can dive into more during our town hall. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting way to look at that. Mm-hmm. Not that we are skilled in this <laughs> whatsoever. Like when you look up online and people are like, what's your zodiac sign based on your lower or your Gilmore girl character? And then they say that like if your birthday is in October, you're a Lorelei. And it's like Lorelei's birthday is in April. <laughs> like if you're gonna do October, She's it should a be Taurus, Rory. Right? 
Um, no. She would be... Because then I Googled it, it said she was Taurus. Lorelai. Oh, she would be a cusp. Okay. Aries, Taurus, cusp. Yeah. Hmm. So she's got, like, my sun and my moon okay. in her a little bit. Yeah, she doesn't but, seem like an Aries to me, though. No, no. I think she's definitely more a Taurus, but, you know. Tauruses are interactive. Mm, yes. They know it, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So no, they, no. <laughs> Why I was saying like Aries isn't attractive, but you know what I mean. No, I I totally know what you mean. I okay, took no I offense not, to that. That just like sounded like really rude <laughs> in my head. <laughs> no, I took no offense to that. Okay, I, I didn't want to sit here and be like, I know I'm attractive. Look, at, you know, I'm a Cancer sign, and everyone gives Cancer the biggest grief. Yep. You're so. always crying. You're always sad. You're yep. always emotional. Yeah. You're very sensitive. We're manipulative. We're awful. We're terrible. Yeah. yeah. We get it. It's not true. Um, <laughs> what am I crying? You're the one no. crying about Max I, last true. week. That's very true. I was <laughs> crying about Max last week. Um, but, yeah. So she sits down with the girls they decide to leave. They said, oh, thanks for sitting with us, whatever. They walk off. Paris and her have that interaction. And that's where the scene ends. Um, we are left now with this Rory understanding that there's this whole secret society to the world that of Chilton that she was not aware of. And I don't know... If this changes her thought process about Chilton, if it's, like, more intriguing to her now that she knows there are Mm -hmm. these, like, secret societies and, you know, different ways to gain, uh, you know, advances in in the world because of Chilton connections. And this is a lot of this is all she's always discovering something new and it's because she doesn't have an ally there. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, cuz Paris was not going to tell her about the puffs. Yeah. So Well, they're just not on that kind of friendship level right, either. Right. Exactly. So, uh let's see how this plays out for Rory cuz mm. it's uh pretty interesting. <laughs> It is Friday night dinner, and the Gilmore girls discover that they are grilling this evening, so they are going out to the back patio to grill. And they grab some corn that just came off the grill, and they're eating and enjoying themselves, and they're so surprised that Emily would have a barbecue. And then Emily comes out, and she says, Only animals eat outside. Come inside and eat like a human with plates and utensils. And they're like, all right. They go inside. They sit down. Emily's like, I'm so disappointed in you, Lorelai. And she says, hold on a second. She takes off her coat and hands her purse to the maid. And then she says, okay, now you can begin. And she finds out from the headmaster's wife, because they are good friends, that Lorelai has not been putting in any effort at the school. And at that point, she says, you need to set an example for your daughter. You need to show her the importance of being involved and showing people that you care about your daughter's education. And and Lorelai finally stops her and says, 
mom, stop. I, I, I joined the booster club. And Emily is like, oh, the booster club. Well, that's a very well recognized organization. And she's like, yeah, that's why I picked it. And then Emily says, and the matching sweatshirts they wear are just darling. And that's where the scene ends. <laughs> the booster club. That is a tall order mm. to sign up for a booster club. And I don't think Lorelai quite knows what she's getting herself into. That would be like me. I would be like, I don't know what this means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's... From my understanding, a booster club is the group that helps raise money for the school or the sport or whatever the... They're kind of like the treasury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Kind of? I, I mean... I don't know. No, <laughs> because, like, a tr- like, for a school, a treasurer works for like the district the booster club is like parent volunteers who raise money for like new equipment or different things like that so it doesn't have to come from the district Mm. per se so sure uh lorelei is not involved at chilton enough to know what the school needs Mm -hmm. and nor does she pay attention to where the tuition goes because she doesn't pay it so her choosing booster club is a rather interesting choice yeah nor does she care no she doesn't (laughs) care that's exactly (laughs) it is like the biggest problem yeah yep exactly or issue right all right we are at the booster club meeting lorelei comes in late and we can see that they are already having like a kerfuffle about what the um, big fundraiser is going to be for this year. And they're trying to figure out where it's going to be. What are they going to eat? Because last year they had a food poisoning fiasco and they ended up losing money. And when Lorelai comes in, they were about to take a break. And they begin talking about what their plan is, that they want to do a fashion show. Because one of the women used to work at Saks, and when she says that, she flashes her ring. So she must have been like a sales associate at Saks, got engaged. Well, now she's married. She was helping. I I think that this random woman was working at Saks, and she's probably like 25. Mm-hmm. Twenty six. Mm-hmm. Younger than him. Lorelai for sure. Yeah, and she was helping one of those men, and that's how it mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know her stepchildren's names. <laughs> like she was corrected by a different parent. She's like Stephanie says, and she's like Sarah. <laughs> yeah, and then that mom is like. She's been married for a month, and she still doesn't know her stepchildren's names. <laughs> like, ay ay ay. So, Lorelai suggests hosting it at the inn and says that she's the event planner, and she can help them figure it out and get them a good discount, and because it's for charity. And the woman's like, have I asked yet? Are you from heaven? Or whatever. And Lorelai's just like, oh, <laughs> And then they take a break. And at that point, 
she asks if she can come to the inn to check things out tomorrow. Lorelai says that would be great. And there's two things I want to point out in this scene. One, the shirt that Lorelai is wearing is hideous and also very offensive. (laughs) And two, this woman that's like the president of the booster club is the narrator of Desperate Housewives. Mm -hmm. Her name is Brenda Strong. Thank you. Yes, Brenda Strong. And I love her. I do, too. She -hmm. has a great voice. She's elegant. She's classy. Mm -hmm. I just adore Brenda Strong. I didn't even know her name before this. No, I I agree. She's the narrator of Desperate Housewives. Because when she dies in the first episode, does she... Um, die by her own hand. I can't remember I how can't that goes. Remember. But yeah, but I great voice, excellent voice. I believe she also does the voiceover for the Desperate Housewives video game. Oh, and if you are someone like me who enjoys watching people play horrible video games because you are not good at playing video games yourself. I want to play that. Okay. May I suggest that you check out um, Half Moon Joe on YouTube. He does a stream of playing the Desperate Housewives video game. And let me just give you a little spoiler. It doesn't hold up. (laughs) It's like really horrible, but in the best, worst way. So Sounds fun. Anyway. Yeah, she kind of talks a little bit like a Samantha. Completely. Yeah, it's like a Samantha. Isn't it funny how things roll around in this town? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how she says in that But she carries herself. Just like a booster club president mm-hmm. mom. And she's, but like, I like her. She's not, Brenda Strong is not playing it in a way where she's unlikable. Right. She's yep. like nice to Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And I kind of would have expected that they might have went the route where, you know, the other women treat her poorly. Right. That's, I feel like, an way. easy way to go with it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they didn't go Me with too. it. Um, And I think it is an interesting choice because Lorelai comes from a very different world than these women. I mean, they're all wearing like, right. They're all wearing like the cardigans or like the Chanel blazers and they're all like dressed up. And here comes Lorelai with this like offensive bedazzled t-shirt and jeans Mm -hmm. and they don't even bad an eye at it. They're yep. just like, oh, you're Lorelai. But that one woman did say, oh, are you Emily's daughter? And Lorelai's like, oh, yeah. Yep. You know my mom? And she's like, yeah, she told me to look out for you. And Lorelai's like, wow, that's so nice. And she goes, well, she didn't think you'd show up. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Emily's just like planting seeds wherever she can. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good that Lorelai is like being accepted and and found a group that will accept her and and that take con- her in and consider her what she has to say valuable. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have girlfriends. Like she has Suki. And that's yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see her speaking to other women in a way that she can offer them something that they don't have. And that she can 
hold her own. And take pride in, too, because mm -hmm. um, the Desperate Housewives lady, uh, Brenda Strong, was like, oh, who's your event coordinator at the inn? You know, who can we speak to mm -hmm. to help us facilitate getting a caterer? For this event. And she's like, oh, well, that's me. You know, I do that. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, She cool. gets to have pride in her work and mm -hmm. show what she does. And she's good at what she does. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a great moment for her to be like, I can contribute to things at Chilton by doing what I do best. Mm -hmm. And I think that could have been one of the things that held her back from the beginning just like, how do I fit in here? And that, I think, is very similar to Rory. Like, oh, yeah. Rory being like, how do I fit in with these kids? Mm -hmm. And Lorelai, how do I fit in with these parents? I mean, they they are both outsiders. So. Yeah. It looked almost similar to when Rory went into the writing, um, the newspaper mm -hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of mirroring there. Mm -hmm. We love that. We live for the mirroring. I love saying mirroring. <laughs> Rory and Lorelai are walking through Stars Hollow, and Rory is talking about how excited she is that her mother is going to be a model and that Lorelai Gilmore doesn't sound like a model's name and makes a reference to um, Leonardo DiCaprio by saying, oh, maybe you can date Leonardo DiCaprio now, which is funny given the times now with us making jokes about, you know, once women hit 25, they're not allowed to date Leonardo DiCaprio anymore. And Lorelai was well over that at that <laughs> point. So, yeah. yeah. But she calls Emily and says, oh, I met with the Booster Club. Did Biddy tell you? And Emily says, no, she didn't tell me. And Lorelai acts all surprised and, and says, I know you really want me to be involved, and I know that it means a lot to you, so I just thought I'd let you know that for the fashion show, I volunteered you as a model. And Emily's like, you can't be serious. And Lorelai's like, don't you want to do something for Rory's education? This is really important. And she's like, all right, fine. So... We know that now Lorelai is going to be a model and Emily is going to be a model and Lorelai got to serve it to Emily because Emily is nervous now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She had to rub it in her face. I think it's fun. Yeah, it is so fun. Yeah. It's just a great it's a great television story. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yes. just like, oh, this is going to be fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're like... A fashion show, mother you know, and daughter. We know what to expect with Gilmore Girls. Like, it's not going to be like some, like, oh, the stage is going to give out and they're all going to fall off. Like, that's not what Gilmore Girls does. Mm -hmm. So you know that it's going to be either really tense between Emily and Lorelai at the fashion show, or it's going to be really fun. Mm -hmm. And like no in between. And no in between. It really <laughs> is like one side of the spectrum or the other. There is no gray area with Gilmore yeah. Girls. There just isn't. So uh, 
it's one of my favorite scenes, so I'm excited to get to it. We are back in the lunchroom with Rory. She is going to sit down at a table, and we see Francie come up and walk around her table and approach Rory and say, come sit with us, please. And she sits down with the puffs again and makes the mistake of saying, you know, I really wanted to ask you about this secret society thing. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And they say that it's just folklore and all of these things. And while they're having this conversation, Paris comes and is like, Trying to look like she's reading a book right <laughs> up against be- the wall, <laughs> up against the wall behind their table. And Francie notices her and says, Is that a friend of yours? And Rory does a very sweet thing and talks her up and says, She's really smart and she's funny. And Francie says, Oh, she's smart. So if I drop like a book of matches, can she tell me how many are on the floor? And it's like, are we really making like an autism joke? Yeah. Yikes. Francie definitely is uh, a pill. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she talks her up and then Rory says, but I think she was interested in joining a, a different non-existent society. So maybe, you know, she doesn't need to sit with us. And... That causes some trouble because they know she comes from a long line of puffs. And they're like, we can't have a deflector. We can't have somebody that wants to join somebody else who doesn't think we are good enough. And they tell Paris to come sit down at the table. Paris sits down and they go back to talking about homecoming. And that's that. So I can't stand these girls. (laughs) I know. And part of me is like, why is Rory falling into this? I don't I don't think she really is. Well, not like falling into it, but just like, why is she giving it the time of day? Because of the the headmaster? I don't think that I just Rory's like this type that. It's like she just knows she's automatically above things and mm-hmm. not like in like a like a well sometimes a rude way but she's like not really invested so she's like she wasn't going to go and sit with them again they came to her and approached her to come over and she was just like okay mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah. so i think it's more of like to do a favor to paris you know i i sure. think she's just curious and just like whatever I really don't think that she even cares either way. Yeah. What do you think? That's kind of how I feel, too. I think it's just like out of a convenience thing. And it gets the headmaster off of her back. Mm -hmm. And I think now she is using it as a way to show Paris that she can be a good friend. Yeah. And Paris doesn't have to jump to the conclusion that everyone is out to get her. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, kind of how I see it. Yeah. Like, right now, these girls haven't really done anything for her to go at. Right. Right. Because we all see it later, where she has no problem confronting them. Mm -hmm. No, completely. And I think that's when you get to see Rory come back into the picture, where Mm -hmm. it's like she's doing this for Paris more than she's doing it for herself. 
because Rory is a very selfless person and Mm -hmm. she does do a lot of things for other people to make them happy. I mean, we saw it in last week's episode. She did the whole debutante ball to make her grandma happy and it backfired. Yeah, this is why I think things happen the way they do in the future. Yeah, I do too. And honestly, I have been someone who's been very selfless a lot of my life. And the minute you start to give more time to yourself, people who take and take and take disappear, disappear because Mm -hmm. you don't give to them anymore. You got to. Yeah, it's setting the bound setting boundaries is very difficult for people who Mm -hmm. um, are used to those not being there. Right. So, yeah, it's an interesting whole dynamic. Yeah. Um, Because I think with Lori that I I don't want to get too much into it right now, but in the future, a lot of her acts become very selfish. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like she goes the opposite way. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is kind of showing us the selflessness, but I want us to pay attention to when the selfishness starts. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that before, but just to like keep that constantly on our radar, like what is going to be that turning point? We should make one of those boards you see. Are you talking about with like the red yarn and stuff? Like a mad, mad woman, like, just, we'll just fill up your whole wall. We got to take all these pictures down. Sorry, Bryn. I mean, I hung those up for him, so it's okay. We can can take off the anime picture here. Yeah, we can. Absolutely. (laughs) We can. And we can just, you know, have the red string. For all of Mm -hmm. her moments. Be, like, very, like, um, Claire Danes and Homeland. Isn't that also from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Charlie Day is, like, standing in front of this board, and it's, like, a meme, I think. Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I've watch never, a, I don't watch that I'm either. Not, I'm not. That's not my, my humor. No, me neither. I just think of it as, like, um, uh, Claire Danes in Homeland. Sure. <laughs> fair. Fair. Or, like, always are only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only murders in the building. Yeah. You know, that's something we can definitely also, talk about. Also, Search Party. They do that in Search Party. Oh, I haven't seen that. So good. See anyway, it. I think that's a great idea. We are at the Independence Inn, and they are getting ready for the fashion show. Lorelai's kind of running around with her, like a chicken with her head cut off, trying to take care of all of these things. And then Luke shows up, and she's like, oh, you brought Bert and his toolbox. And... She wants him to fix the Is it like a back runway. Or, or it's the runway, runway. Okay. that they're going to be walking on in the fashion show. And she tells the guy who built the runway that she wants Luke to work on it. And the guy's like, well, I built it. And she's like, and I loved your work with Pisa, but we're going to be, Luke is going to work on it now. And so Luke says, yeah, I'll take a look at it. But just because you keep saying I can fix it doesn't mean I can fix it. She's like, all right, well, you just work away. And as she walks away, she finds Eva 
Ava? Eva. Ava. Ava, mm-hmm. who is um, the... Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives, president of the Booster Club, which, by the way, forgot to mention, she is also a single mother. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't have known that really in the other Not scene. Not in the other scene, unless we were looking for a wedding ring, but we weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and now... After rewatching this scene, she does not have a wedding ring on, which nowadays does not necessarily mean she's not married, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. So we can be, it's implied that she's single and ready to mingle. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai um, brings her back. She says, This is where we're all going to get dressed or whatever. And this woman like freezes in her tracks. And she's looking over at Luke, and she's like, that man, who is that man? The man with the tools. The man with the tools. And she's like, oh, the man with the tools, that's Luke. And she's like, what What kind of women does he like? Is he single? And Lorelai is taken aback, I think. And she's, she's stuttering. Uh-huh. She's like, he, yeah, he is single. And she's like, what type, what type of women does he like? She's yeah. Like, I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, women with heads. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, "Is he strong?" And well, she's like, "Well, I, 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 you're not going to see him in a sideshow anytime soon, but he can definitely open up a pickle jar." <laughs> like, oh my god, Lorelai. But so now that seed has been planted that another woman. Finds him attractive. A woman that comes from a very different world than Lorelai. Yeah. Um, and um, a world very similar to her mother. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if this woman's considering Luke, he can't be that, you know. Yeah, he won't be a lonely bachelor for long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ava's like, tonight I'll be a naughty girl. <laughs> I know, so gross. <laughs> I don't think that's something Luke would listen to in the throes of passion. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Uh, but then Emily shows up and Lorelai brings her where she needs to be. Then Lorelai meets her backstage and they find out that they are the mother-daughter duo in the fashion show. And Lorelai's like, oh, no, 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 no. And this woman is like, I have one mother and daughter look, and you two are the mother and daughter, so you are wearing it. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I we don't know what the look is going to be, but Lorelai has, like, a very she negative like a, reaction to it. She, like, unzips the clothes bag and then... Because, oh. Yeah. (laughs) So, here we go. Fashion show time. Mm -hmm. All right. It is the fashion show. Did you watch The Office? Of course. Remember when Pam gets all of those new clothes on the internet for her, like, date that she's meeting? And they get delivered to the office, and Mindy Kaling's character is like, fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. <laughs> Anytime I, like, come home with, like, a new outfit, yeah. like, that's what Bryn will say. Fashion show, fashion show. It's like, oh, my God. But, I do need to rewatch the the office, though. You know, a lot of it doesn't hold up. I know. I think the last time I rewatched it was probably, like... 
at least, I don't know, five years. And if I say five years, it's probably another five on that. I think we watched it um, at the beginning of COVID. Mm. Just as like a, this is a comfort show and everything is falling apart. So let's watch this. But we really only ever make it to like season three. I was going to say, as I've seen season one, two, and three, four, Mm -hmm. a a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Season two is my favorite season. Mm -hmm. So anyway, different show. Did you watch the uh, British? I watched some of it. Okay. But not a lot. And I think part of it was because I was super turned off by the people that were like, if you haven't watched the British uh, one, you can't yeah. even appreciate the American yeah, one. Those people suck. And they I suck. was like, but the British one is very good. Yeah. But you don't need to. People, yeah, no. Yeah, it's annoying. I yeah. know those people too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, but they're doing the fashion show. Mm, yeah. The woman is introducing the show. And every time she says, but let's forget about the kids. Tonight's about us. I expect, like, some dirty music to start playing or something. Just because it's such a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's creepy. Like, I expect, like, she's my cherry pie to start playing or whatever. Like, yeah. Imagine us, you and I in the audience. (laughs) <laughs> giving the side eyes to each other the whole time the whole time <laughs> but girls just want to have fun starts playing i can't believe they had the funding to afford the rights for that song yeah. so i'm sure that was expensive and they had another song in this episode too the shins so that's uh-huh. like two copyrighted things they had to fork over the money for but whatever um they come out, they do their little thing, and then Emily and Lorelai come out, and they're in, like, Emily is in this, like, red blazer with black pants. Kind and Lorelai, of a Chanel Yeah, feel. very Chanel feel. And um, Lorelai comes out in the red blazer with the skirt, like a power suit kind of feel. And Emily is living mm-hmm. and loving everything about this. Like, I remember when I watched this with my mom last week, we went nuts over this. <laughs> like, we're just like, she is living her best life up there. For she's someone, like dancing. Yeah, for someone who didn't want to do it. Yeah. She's like selling it. And Lorelai is like, what is happening? <laughs> It and looks cute, like how they're playing so off cute. And, and Luke's yeah. in the background. Yeah, he's in the background just glowing. The biggest, biggest smile on his face. I don't like, think we mentioned this, but in the last scene, Lorelai did go up to him and... Oh, yeah, because he said he fixed it. He's like, I fixed the stage, and he's like, well, I'll just stick around just in case, you know, it goes something goes awry or needs more, you know, fixing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, why, do you want me to leave? And she's like, what? Because she did want him to leave. Yeah, absolutely. Ava's got her eyes on him. I think it was a little bit of that. And then I also think it was, I don't want you to see me wear this outfit. Really? (laughs) But more more so, I don't want you to be around because... Someone's got their eyes on you. Yeah. Yep. Completely. And she's pretty. 
But the minute she walked out on stage, he was just, like, beaming ear to ear. Yeah. And like, he's, like, laughing because she's just so... It, she does have such a great personality. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> she's up there with, like, And you can tell she's, like, uncomfortable, but then she kind of realizes, you know, this is fun. And mm-hmm. when will I get to do this again yeah. with my mom? Yeah. You know? So they do, like, their little pose at the end, and then Luke does, like, a loud whistle for them, and they um, come back down from the meeting. They're doing, like, a little table talk and talking about how what a success it was, and um, the two women say they loved having them, and they leave. Emily says they really adore you, and she says, isn't it funny how... The world that you ran away from for so long, you are starting to fit into. And it's like, Emily, can you not just say, like, good job and then leave it alone? Yeah. Like, why do we have to turn it into a well, 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 well? Yeah. Mm. It doesn't need to be that. But she always has to do that. She has to get the last stab in. I hate that. I know. It drives me crazy. But whatever. It's so it's she, very a mom thing, though. Yeah, it is very much like the, oh, you got an A minus? Well, why couldn't you get an A plus? You <laughs> mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing that we were talking about earlier. But so she leaves and Lorelai's sitting there and Lorelai turns around and she sees Ava and Luke talking. And it doesn't look like they're talking about, like, anything in particular. He's doing, like, like a wave motion. Like, he looks like he's explaining something. And Ava has got, she's like me. She has her hand on her. She's clutching her pearls. She's like, her hand is on her heart. And she's like, (gasps) she's not listening to anything he's saying. Absolutely not. But they are standing pretty close together. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai picks up on it. And you can tell that she's like, oh, crap. Yeah. It's that feeling where, like, oh. Her heart, like, sank into her butt for sure. It's called jealousy, Lorelai. Mm hmm. Well, 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 well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Isn't it funny how. I was trying to say, think of something Emily would say. <laughs> I was thinking of The Office when he's like, my, my, my. How the turntables have turned. (laughs) So we're sitting here talking about the end of the fashion show. And then Lorelai comes home and we're like, oh, yeah, there's still like this whole Puffs storyline that we've completely forgot about because we got so sucked into the fashion show. But Lorelai comes home. Rory's on the couch. She asks about the fashion show, and Lorelai catches her up, and she has Polaroids. Rory calls her Nancy Reagan. And then Lorelai divulges that a Francie called her on the phone and said that they are going to come and kidnap Rory in the middle of the night and take her out to breakfast. And she's supposed to leave a key under the mat and money on the counter. And Rory's like, what? Why would you let somebody do that? That's terrible. Like, you're going to let somebody kidnap your daughter? And Lorelai's like, I told you not to join the, the soch. Did she say? I told you not to soch. Uh, like, socialize or yeah. whatever. 
So this is your punishment. And it's very clear that Rory is not supposed to know that this is happening. But as a daughter, I appreciate Lorelai telling her. Mm-hmm. Because we see what happens when you're not told. Yep. <laughs> so I I can't remember this episode from when I was a kid and what I thought was going to happen. But I'm sure I did not expect what they were going to do. And this just goes to show like high schoolers, man. They're pretty dumb. Oh, yeah. In, like, the nicest way I say that. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. you let your your need for fitting in and stuff take over your judgment. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say dumb, but, like, I feel like the best word to describe it is cloudy. <laughs> I don't know. I think you get what I mean. I do. But I don't want to use the phrase dumb because I don't think that's correct. But maybe aloof. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that people listening just like understand what I'm trying to say and are screaming like the proper word at their phone or radio or whatever you're listening to us on. Yeah. Your uh, nano, AirPod nano. (laughs) Your iPod Nano? Yeah, that's what I meant. AirPod. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's like the hottest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, it is time for Rory to be kidnapped by her peers and being taken to breakfast. Rory is still awake when the car pulls up and she's reading her book and she yells upstairs, Mom, my kidnappers are here. And then she gets into bed and pretends that she was sleeping. And the girls wake her up and they're like, surprise. And Rory's like, oh, what? I'm so shocked that you're all here. And Francie's like, you look it. (laughs) And then as they're leaving, we find out that Paris is also there Mm -hmm. and her hair is a rat's nest and she has like pimple cream all over her face and she looks at Rory and she goes that's what you look like when you just wake up and Rory's like yeah and Paris says nothing in my life is fair (laughs) (laughs) poor Paris her mom didn't tell her no well I'm sure her mom didn't even get the call yeah it was probably maybe the nanny I don't know But they end up going to Chilton and they walk in. They're blindfolded. They approach a door and one of the girls says they can remove their blindfolds. And this is when I think panic sets in for Rory. She's like, we're at Chilton. And they go into the whole like all the puffs before you have been here, blah, blah, blah. And they open up the headmaster's office And Rory kind of stops Paris and this other girl, which we'll get to in a second, from going in and says, we can't go in there. That's the headmaster's office. We're going to get in big trouble, blah, blah, blah. And Paris says, we are here to make 
lifelong connections. And Rory's like, I don't need lifelong connections here. Like, I have friends. I have a boyfriend. I have a life. And Paris is like, well, how nice for you. And she goes, get out of my way because I want to be puffed. They go into the room and they are approached they approach a bell sitting on the headmaster's desk and they light a candle and she explains that this is the Chilton bell. It's 120 years old. All of these women before them have stood in this very spot in the veil of the nighttime to ring the bell and they say their little saying. I can't remember. It's like it starts so with a puff, two Fs at the end, and U between, or something like that. I have more to do in my life than memorize <laughs> that at this very moment. But um, they say that Rory's up first. So Rory starts, you know, speeding through this saying. And then they're like, you need to hold the candle. So then she grabs the candle. She starts over again. When she finishes, she rings the bell. The second time she hits, the second or third time she hits the bell, the headmaster says, Miss Gilmore, I wouldn't do that again if I were you. And they're there with two security guards. We cut to them sitting in the headmaster's office, and he is pretty livid with them. I mean, understandably so. But he says, this we're discussing suspension, detention, extra credit to keep your GPA where it needs to be. And when he's going through this list, Rory says, this is unbelievable. And he's like, what did you say? And she's like, nothing. And then he says, I distinctly heard you mumble something, Miss Gilmore. What did you say? And then she goes into her Lorelei impression again and says... I said this is unbelievable because you wanted me to socialize. You wanted me to be with students. And I just sat down at a random table one day at lunch, which catches Francie off guard. And she goes, random. I know. Like, she's so offended as if Rory was supposed to know that she's like the president of the Puffs. And she goes through this whole speech She nailed this speech, though. She did. It's a great monologue. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he dismisses all of the girls because for some reason his assistant is there. And she's like, the parents are arriving. And he dismisses the girls, but asks Rory to stay. And he says, I will admit that perhaps we were too hasty in our judgment of you. Well, yeah, because she really did... I think she impressed him in that moment. Yeah, she stood up to authority because she was like, this is wrong. And she was right. She was like, you don't know me. Like, I do have a boyfriend. I do have a best friend since kindergarten. My mom and I have a great relationship. And you don't know any of this because it's outside your little bubble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she's like, I I get good grades. I'm a part of the paper. I do a lot of things. So why are you focusing on the one time of day that I am reading my book? Yeah. I'm sorry that I wasn't sitting at the lunch table discussing homecoming and you wanted me to do that instead of like reading. Yeah. The euthanasia of homecoming, homecoming. which I love that (laughs) she used that expression. But yeah, it is. 
it was very brave of her to stand up to him. Mm-hmm. Especially because the last time she did it, it did not end well. Yeah, and it it is one thing, especially when you're a young woman like Rory, to be able to stand up to anyone, I mm-hmm. feel like, for me anyways, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of spicier teenagers that could probably do this. <laughs> for me, I would have been really nervous, but to stand up to an, an adult male. Yeah. Who's like the principal, you know, basically mm-hmm. the headmaster. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, authority. Yeah, that's a that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So he ends up saying they'll talk more tomorrow because she asks if her suspension is off the table, and says we'll discuss it tomorrow. She goes out. Lorelai comes in. She's like, "What happened?" And Rory tells her that they didn't go to breakfast. They came here and she got in trouble for ringing a bell. And Lorelai's like, you got in trouble for ringing a bell. And then she says, are you the hunchback of Notre Dame? Was it at least a big bell? And like (laughs) gives her all this crap about the bell ringing. It was funny. And it's like. She's like, you know how many times I've told you not to ring a bell. (laughs) Yeah. So clearly she's not in trouble with (laughs) Lorelai. But I'm proud of Rory for standing up for herself. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows that is a great quality that she got from Lorelai, for sure. And she didn't do it disrespectfully. No, she didn't. She just held her own. Because Mm -hmm. there is is something to be said when you do tell somebody off or stand up for yourself or whatever, you can be disrespectful. I don't Mm -hmm. think she, she didn't trespass into that area. No, and she was talking to someone who also had a level head mm-hmm. at that point. Um, because I think he really took in what she said, which is a, a drastic change from when she stood up to Richard when he was attacking Dean. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I won't be talked to like this in yes. my own home. Yeah. And for Richard, I think it's more of a, you're my granddaughter, I'm your grandfather, mm-hmm. I'm the elder, you don't talk to me like yeah. that. Where with Chilton, with the headmaster, it has a different like weight to it. Yes. Because he's not family. He is like an authority figure, but this is directly related to something that he had an issue with. Mm-hmm. And so I think because there is no gray area there, like we've said, there are no gray areas in Gilmore Girls. It's a different side of the spectrum. Yeah. So and that he also can see that he says to her, "You deserve to go to Harvard," mm-hmm. and that and that she, he doesn't want to stand in the way of that. Yeah. And I think her doing this and standing up to him, it shows that she does have a fight. Mm-hmm. And she does have a passion. She does care because mm-hmm. she did try to sit with these girls or whatever. Yep. But she does have a voice that could be very valued outside the world, and he should be flourishing, um, help flourish that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he has respect for her, and I have more respect for him now. After this scene, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So before we move on to the next scene, I wanted to talk about this extra girl in the scene because she looks so familiar and I know <clears throat> yeah you'll know it I'm I'm fairly certain that I look her up every time I watch this episode but 
let me tell you what I think she's from. Okay. She's absolutely gorgeous. Is she from the nanny? Yes. She's the youngest daughter, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, Californication. Her name is Madeline Zima. Maddie Zima is her Instagram handle. Okay. But her officially, her name is Madeline Zima. Okay. But she was in Californication, a Cinderella story. I know her. I mean, I did watch The Nanny, but uh, I watched her more in A Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I've never heard of that. Is it a show or a movie? It is a movie of the 90s, and it was an erotic. It's like one of those erotic thrillers. Oh, my God. How did you watch that? I love erotic thrillers. Girl, yes, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, but I got to watch (laughs) pretty much everything I ever wanted to watch. I just want to hear you say, but, again. And you did the, like, Tony Soprano thing when you did that. Uh, The Hand That Rocked the Cradle. So I I saw this in theaters. Do you know what, what year that came out? 1992. I was born in 84. Oh, my God. Yep. This is why I talk about Luke the way I do. And I have that was like issues. your sexual awakening moment. <laughs> oh, no. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, but that was, when was The Nanny then? A Nanny was 93 to 1999, it says. Okay. Really? That was, it wasn't on that long. No. Well, I guess that's kind of. That's long. That's yeah, six that years. Long. Yeah. It's interesting that she had mm. such a small part in this after being such a huge part of The Nanny. But I suppose after you play a role like that, it's probably hard to find something else that you fit into right away. Yeah, and she'd be going to school and whatnot. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the last thing I've seen her in was the um, the Twin Peaks reboot that they did on um, Showtime. Oh, Showtime. Okay. Yeah, but I really like this girl. I think she's really pretty. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Madeline Zima. Yeah, that's what I remember her from Mm -hmm. is the nanny. Yep. Because I watch that a lot. Yeah, and The Nanny is very cute. I would like to watch that again. Yeah, maybe that should be our next podcast. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. Let's <laughs> line that up. Buffy can hold on. All right. Lorelai comes into Luke's diner, and she's getting her coffee to go. And while she's sitting there, she somehow masters up the audacity to talk to Luke about dating this Chilton mom. She says, oh, I saw the two of you talking and it seemed kind of private, but I just wanted to like ask you if you could not date her because I don't really want like my Chilton life to like bleed into my star's hollow life. And I understand it's really none of my business, but I just would appreciate it if you just didn't date her. Oh, the secondhand embarrassment I feel for her in this moment. I <gasps> It is so cringy watching oh her walk like talk around the fact that she is so jealous and so insecure in this moment it's disgusting i know it's cre- it like oh it just makes it's me really so, uncomfortable it makes me so embarrassed but also like i'm just enjoying so much of luke and how mm-hmm. he's looking mm-hmm. she's sitting down so like visually speaking it's wonderful mm-hmm. because, I mean, it usually is like this at the cafe, but she's sitting down, he's standing up, mm-hmm. and there's like this power dynamic going on. Yeah. But 
mm-hmm. he's just sitting down, like, or, sta- or standing up, but looking down at her. But he has both of his hands on the counter. Yes. So he's, like, <gasps> establishing the foundation here. It's like, oh, are you, are you a lawyer right now? Are you an accountant? Tell me. Yeah, and uh, he's, like... Grinning at her. He's kind of smirking. Because he smirking. knows. He knows. And he's like, you... How dare you? You you don't have the right to tell me who to date. And she's like, I'm not telling you who to date. I'm telling you who not to date. And he's like, well, you don't have the right to do that either. And she's like, fine. You know what? Date her. Marry her. Make her Mrs. Backwards Baseball Cap. And she grabs her <laughs> cup and leaves and he goes, and for your information, I was telling her the quickest way to get back to Hartford from Stars Hollow. And he, like, lists off the directions. And you can tell that she is really freaking embarrassed now. Yep. Because she's like, <laughs> I just made an ass out of myself for no reason. And she's like, well, that's, that's just like you. Typical. <laughs> everyone knows, everyone knows the best way back to Hartford from Stars Hollow is blah, 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 blah. And then she opens the door, slams it, and it goes back to Luke. And he is has, like, the shit-eating grin on his face. Like, I just got so under her skin. <laughs> and she just exposed so much yeah. about herself without even trying. Well, it was like, she likes me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If a guy did that to me, I'd be like, wow, he's in love with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember when, before Bryn and I started dating, I was like... Fine, if he's not going to ask me out, I'm just going to start going out on dates. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> what? I don't know, girl. I don't want to talk about it. It's too inappropriate. I thought okay. you were just like... Anyway, I... <laughs> you just like start sleeping around with like tons of people. Uh, no. Okay. Nope. <laughs> You're going to go on dates. I was going to go on dates. You're ta- I'm and talking so, to a normal person right now, not... Not you. No, no I don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. And I said... Fine, I'm just going to go on dates. Well, then I would come back from the dates, and he'd be like, how was your date? Wait, so, okay, so he knew you liked him. I think Is he, that what you're saying? I, I'm, we had, like, a very Luke and Lorelai unspoken kind of thing at the beginning. Yeah. And it was to the point where everyone living in the house, because we had, there were seven of us that lived in that house. What a nightmare. Yeah, it was a lot of people. And... Everyone was pretty much aware that there was, like, this flirtation going on between us. And I was like, fine, if he's not going to do anything, then I'm just going to start going on dates because maybe he really isn't interested. Yeah. And then I'd say I went on two dates. They went horrible, horribly wrong, bad, horrible dates. One of them was even, like, read on the radio because I submitted it for, like, worst date. So, yeah, there's that. Oh, my God, um, you're gonna tell, you never told me about that. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it later. Okay. And I think after a while, it was like, are you really you going to go on more dates? Because then he, then he made a dating profile and was like, well, I'm going to go on dates. <laughs> and it was just like, how long is this going to go on for? Like. Yeah. Let's knock it off. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with Luke and Lorelai now. Like, he knows now for sure that she is interested. And he's like, yeah, 
I get it. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. Painfully embarrassing. Yeah, she. This was um, what a fun thing to act. Is I just. Oh, I would love doing this scene. Yeah, it's just I can tell that um, Lauren Graham really enjoyed acting in this scene because mm-hmm. it's it, it's so her wheelhouse mm-hmm. that Meg Ryan, Sandra Bullock, you know, yeah. romantic comedy girl. Yeah, the just, only thing that would have made it better is if they kissed in that moment. I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying the sexual tension right now. I just need to live in that moment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's you, true. A kiss? Do you think a kiss would have been right? I don't, not, maybe not there. But if this moment, like, had happened at her house, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. You say a house, I'm like, yep, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it is fun, though, to watch him just, like, know that she's squirming in her skin. And he just, and this is why I'm like, okay, this is why Luke's on the hook. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's moments like this. Yep. Definitely. We have reached the end of the episode. Rory is coming in for lunch. Again, this is the most lunch we've ever seen her eat in, an, in a given episode. <laughs> and she sits down at a table by herself, pulls out her book, pulls out her Walkman, and starts listening to her music. And at this point, um, what's her name? Madeline Zima? Yes comes up and says do you mind and Rory's like oh no go ahead and she pulls out a book and starts reading and Rory's like all right we can sit together and have like this mutual acceptance that we are gonna sit together but we're just gonna read like two old people yeah yeah and I think that's great restaurant yep (laughs) yeah I think it's great and she finds like I think true happiness in that yeah it's like oh i'm not the only one that does this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah and the so, other girl's like thank god yeah it's a nice ending for rory mm-hmm. i'm happy that we got that and a nice statement for the audience too oh for its, absolutely especially for its younger viewers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like stick to what you like if you're not hurting anyone you're fine and you're reading how precious yeah and enjoying music. Like, you're yeah. doing something that you love. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. We call this town meeting to order. For our town meeting, let's just get the normal stuff out of the way. Uh, we had 28 references for this episode. I'm going to go back and rewatch just yeah. to be sure. Because... I think there may have been a few that we missed, mm-hmm. um, but I will double check those numbers and uh, we'll there, see. I feel like we always maybe miss one or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially because we always start talking while we're watching and then yeah. we're like, why are we talking when we're going to talk about this like the minute this scene is over? <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So 28 references for this episode. Um, the next episode is episode seven, the ins and outs of ins. And this is when Lorelai and Suki start making the decisions to open the inn and mm. what that's going to look like for them. So it's a really great episode. Um, But I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier with the... um, 
Alpha, Beta, Omega. Yes. The, um, what do you call that? The Alpha, Beta, Omega. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... Pyramid scheme. It's called the Alpha, Beta, Omega relationships. So See, what I said. I just forgot the relationship part. Right. <laughs> right. And we decided to put the characters in these different categories. We'll talk a little bit about why we put them where. And then we did add Logan, who has not been introduced yet. But we want to hear what you think about that. And so I'll add like a for our Spotify listeners, I will make sure to add a Q&A at the bottom so you can give us your thoughts on that. But for Lorelai, we had already discussed um, that we think she is an Omega, skillful and straightforward, intelligent, childish and messy. Mm -hmm. I think that is great. Um, I'll start with the women first. Um, Then we went to Emily who we said is alpha, charming and intelligent, opinionated, dominating, and strong-willed. That goes without saying. Rory, we said gamma, skillful and straightforward, intelligent, or no, excuse me, gamma, is goal-oriented and intelligent, tactful, informative, and clever. Mm-hmm. For Lane, we said beta. We actually said beta for Lane and Suki, So for Beta, it says this person is sensible and reliable, sweet, caring, and supportive. And then for Paris, our last female, we said she is a Sigma, proud and charismatic, opinionated, headstrong, and unique. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we just take this with a grain of salt will you like this is <laughs> yeah. just us based on like a google search yeah but it was fun to kind of look at and like categorize them that way because i think what i've looked at um some of these before that go very in depth like we're literally just looking at pop up like pop keywords yes yes so, but, but yeah. we do talk about like oh we should you know deep dive on these characters more and that is something i we are potentially, you know, going to do. But I think this is a good place to start. It's fun. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, oh. It's just light and, and fun. Yeah. Like, and if you don't agree, great. <laughs> cool. Cool. You do you. We're open to it being different. Yes. If you really want Lorelai to be an alpha, sure. Okay. Okay. We'll listen to your argument you know for what? it. That is the beta inside. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So for the men, we'll start with Richard. We said Richard is an alpha, dominating and charismatic, understands his priorities and always utilizing his time. For Luke, we said Sigma, super smart and extremely attractive. (laughs) He is super ambitious and his own boss. And I'm sorry, you can't argue with that one. Nope. For Jess, we said Omega, skillful and self-sufficient, laid back, not chasing success or money. For Dean, we said Delta, modest and hardworking, works hard but unable to draw attention. And he does. He really fades into the background there. And he's our only Delta of this group. I know. I know. Um, For Kirk, we thought Kirk would be just like a fun character um we said he was a gamma introverted and super sensitive 
lay, uh, excuse me, has big plans but lacks determination and focus. He has too many plans, mm-hmm. Kirk, in Kirk's case. Yes. And it's interesting how this differs between the male and female personalities because we do have Rory as a gamma. Mm-hmm. But for female gamma, it's tactful, informative, and clever. Mm-hmm. But for the male, it's different. Um, and then our last character is Logan. And so we were kind of back and forth on Logan. Um, Initially, we wanted to say Gamma because it says has big plans but lacks determination and focus, which I think is very accurate for the beginning of when we see Logan. Um, But it says he's introverted and super sensitive. Yeah. I think he is sensitive. Yeah. But I don't think he is introverted. No. So then we were like, well, maybe he's an alpha, uh, dominating and charismatic. He understands his priorities and always utilizing his time. I think he develops into that. Well, he always has the charisma. Right. And I think that that is accurate as we go forward and we see him really butt heads with Jess. Mm -hmm. It is very much like an alpha omega like battle. Oh, sure. You know, so I think let's yeah. hold on to this because I, I think, think so. this would be interesting to talk about like the relationships with that. Yeah, because like you said, like Richard and Emily, we picked Alpha and they're both Alphas. And look at their daughter Lorelai is an Omega. And and Jess is our other Omega. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm excited about this. This little like happy accident that yeah. happened to us. So we will uh, possibly do more with this, but we'd love to hear what you think too. So please let us know. Um, we've gotten some great messages on our Instagram. Um, we're posting our TikToks. Uh, as of right now, we have episode one and episode two will be up by the time this goes up. And how Elise fit 39 references into one video is beyond me and amazing. <laughs> like, seriously. I, I'm, I'm so, I had to take a little break. I know I keep on saying that, but... Um, it's all good. I feel... We have to take breaks. Yeah. I mean, that's why we recorded so many episodes that one week, <laughs> so we could have a weekend off. Um, because as fun as it is, the fun part is the recording... And then the not-so-fun part is the editing and mm-hmm. the making content and, you know, whatever. But we are we have full-time jobs and yep. full-time lives, so it's hard. Just trying to keep up. Um, yeah, not that anybody cares that much, but, you know, for me, when I want to make a TikTok, I want it to be something that I enjoy and then the other yep. people will enjoy too. Yeah. So that's why I needed a little break because I was like starting to feel stressed out. That's <laughs> so. why I started like posting the little short yes. TikToks yes. Um, that are really dumb for lack of a better word. Not dumb. But they make me laugh and my husband's like, well, you know, Bryn at this, you don't know him. You know him. Elise knows him. But he's like, you have a really strange sense of humor. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why we get along so well. Agreed. So you can follow us at underscore growing up Gilmore underscore on TikTok and Instagram. 
We are also on Pinterest. I will post links for the book list and the movie list and the playlist below so you can find those easily. They'll also be listed in our bio so you can find them there as well. But that is what we have for this week. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you for episode seven, the ins and outs of ins. See you next time.